0: Hi, friends, welcome. Today I want to talk about the work of John Way. He is a, I guess you could call him an adventure photographer. He likes to photograph all things coastline. He likes to photograph waves and people on waves, structures in the water, you know, like piers and things of this sort. He likes to photograph the many personality traits of water, and I'll explain what that means as I go, because I'm sure that's quite ambiguous at this point. He likes to photograph other things, but his, his, Love for the coastline comes through in his photography, for sure. He has a captivating emotional tone and atmosphere to his photos, which I really enjoy and I want to talk about. Um, one thing you may notice is that the lights around me are, that are normally green are not. And that's because last time, I, when I introduced a second green light to the mix... The white balance had an aneurysm, it was switching all throughout the video, and I could lock the white balance, I suppose, to fix that, but that would take some effort. And for now, <laughs> the lights are white, and I think it looks quite nice, and so maybe I'll make them green again once more soon, because they I did like them green as well. Anyway, I will link below to his things, I encourage you to check them out. Okay. The first photo I take a look at today is of a surfer. He is sitting on a calm sea. Resting, perhaps after a wave, maybe thinking about life and the cards that life has dealt him. It's a very technical photo. There's a lot of wonderful thoughtfulness going on here. It's a dusk scene. The sun is has just set or is setting. Just a little bit of orange and yellowish light reflecting off the clouds. Beautiful light. One thing that I love about this photo from a technical standpoint is that the clouds, the top of the clouds, end at the top third if we were to overlay the rule of thirds. Another thing I love is that, and this is my favorite thing about the photo, is that his head is just below the top of the frame. Any closer and it would be a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit jarring. In this case, where it's placed adds energy and drama. It adds a unique twist to the composition. I also appreciate the separation of body parts here. His arm is separated from his torso in a way that makes a triangle. You know, the skies in the background. You have his arm and his torso being silhouetted. We're shooting into the light more so. He is a silhouette himself. Uh, he went to the doctor and they can't do anything about it. Uh, But the, the way the separation is here creates a lot of intrigue that would not be there if his arm was just resting on his lap and everything was sort of connected together. This is a photo of a feeling, a certain nostalgia. It's a sliver of what you would feel if you were there. And that is one of the jobs of a photographer. In the next photo, we have a surfer standing on a beach on the left third, potentially at a convergence point, roughly. Actually... Yeah, pretty close, I think, probably, to the convergence point between the bottom horizontal line and the left vertical line. So the surfer's standing there with his surfboard making sort of a T-shape. He is looking out towards the water as if he is going to embark on a journey into said water to surf. There's an implied timeline of events happening here where it looks like he may have just come in from the left side of the frame. And he's making his way, he's standing there for a second, and then he's going to make his way into the water and have a surf. So we have a narrative that's been implied here without any motion blur, of course, and of course without it being a video. The photo feels anchored from the left-hand side. The weight of all of the compositional elements make it lean into the left-hand side or sort of blossom from the left-hand side into the right-hand side. It is technically well composed, but also feels very free form pleasing t-shape like I mentioned with him and the surfboard and the wave that is rolling in on the right hand side is in a, a pleasing position it's sort of in the middle of the shoreline and the right side of the photo and all of these little elements are, if you think about them intentionally will make your photo more compelling there's a delightful mood here It looks like it was taken perhaps in the morning, like we're just beginning the day with the surf. Great photo. We have another one of a surfer on the wave. He's in mid-ride, taming the wave, as the young folks say, shredding some gnar. He he has just dropped into the wave, and he's in the center of the wave as it's curling a, a trail of foam behind him. So once again, we have an implied narrative, an implied motion here. It's a bit further away from the surfer in the first photo. So we have more context. We have more understanding of the scene and everything that's going on. Um, The foam separates the silhouetted person. The person is quite dark and the light is, is, looks like morning light, pinkish, yellowish sky. But the person is a silhouette and if this foam trailing behind him, the sort of comet trail was not there, he would be, he would mesh with the wave in a weird way. In this case, there's contrast there. And this is something that a lot of times you do accidentally, it's hard to do this intentionally. So, excellent uh, technical skill, on or excellent serendipitous readiness on his part. Uh, the bottom third acts as a bit of a subframing mechanism because it's it's out of focus, the part of the water that's closest to us. It adds context, but it doesn't overtake the frame. It makes it more intriguing having um, part of the frame being taken up by more water in this way. I've noticed that he likes to tilt down his his framing a little bit, tilt down his camera as he's shooting more than most might. It adds a stylistic uniqueness to his work. I appreciate how the surfer is in the middle of the wave as well, as opposed to up at the top of the wave or lower down. Perfect feeling photo. In the next one, we have a bit more of an urban exploration, desolate exploration kind of vibe happening. We have a pink building. We're looking on this building from an angle, which provides quite a bit of depth. We have a pink building against a blue sky. So we have this pink-blue contrast that feels quite nice. And on the front we have a mural with a giant bird, a bird that if it really existed at that size, we would all die. Uh, It would eat, it would probably eat our heads off and feed it to its young. Um, But the angle, like I said, the angle viewpoint creates some some pleasing depth. Uh, There's a light pole on the right-hand side which adds interest. If it weren't there, the photo would feel a little bit different. It would feel a little less balanced, I think. Another thing that creates balance is there's equal space on either side of the photo between the building and the edge of the frame, on the left-hand side and on the right-hand side. The photo feels very balanced, even though there is a lot of complexity going on with the angles and the geometry. Looks like it was taken with a eh, 35 to 50 millimeter focal length that's wide enough to take in the information and enough context, Um, but it's, it's tight enough. It allows enough compression to occur that it gives it a bit of a fine art polish. It would feel very different if it was a much wider angle, I suppose. We have another photo taken in a rather desolate landscape as well. With a light pole in the center that looks like it was transplanted from the previous photo. Very interesting light pole as well. Just to the left of that light pole, we have a blue shack that matches the blue sky that fills up most of the frame. The blue shack has window frames that are yellow and a door frame that is also yellow. This yellow matches the yellow in the <laughs> another subject that's in the background that are these two giant arrow art installation type things they both hit the ground at the same diagonal angle seemingly and they they act as a subject as well as uh just like the the two elements in the foreground the light pole and the shack act as a subject now what's interesting is where we have grouping happening here that takes two elements and turns them into one subject while they still maintain their two element ness, right so we have two subjects that are prominent in the scene that add intrigue, but they don't fight against each other too much. But also they, because of their proximity, they act as one subject. They are, they're married. The, the two become one while still being two. Right? Uh, I love that. I love that. It's very interesting to me. So um, every odd element in this scene adds intrigue. When you have, when you have a a desolate space like this with an open landscape, a little bit of vegetation that's not quite that interesting, everything that you add to the frame that has some, some, uh, some dramatic interest to it because of perhaps the bizarreness of it or if it's a person, a sense of humanity to it, things like that, it gives it immense power because of the fact that the frame is so empty. And a good example of this is I took a photo recently on the edge of the Great Salt Lake. And this was a photo, I was walking around with my iPhone, doing a little iPhone photo walk. The edge of the Great Salt Lake is this vast open space between the water and where I was, the highway, where there's white dirt that you can walk across. There's nothing out there except for some dead birds because there was some sort of bird plague that happened recently around here. And, um, I can, I can leave a comment if you want me to, you know, lean into the details of that more, but there is, there, there's a spot where there's a piano, an upright piano in the middle of this white space it has no business being there other than the fact that some human put it there and said, People will play this. My, my grandma had this in their house. My grandma's dead, so I'm going to take this and put it in the world for people to have, you know, enjoy until it, until it completely disappears from erosion. Uh, but So people walk over to this thing and play it for a little bit. It's completely separated from anything else. So if you're taking a photo, this is fantastic. It has a powerful, intriguing quality to it because there's nothing else around it. If there was like a... Red pickup truck right behind it. It would completely destroy the aesthetic appeal of it. I took a photo of a guy uh, playing the piano. His friend was filming him. I wish the friend wasn't there because that would have made the photo more exciting. And in the background, I also captured a large smokestack. And this smokestack can provide some, you know, metaphorical value. You can use your imagination he he's expressing himself creativity so smoke coming out of the top of the smoke cause I forget if there was smoke but smoke coming out of the top of the smokestack is his crea- it's, it's his mind you know creating a powerful force that could change the world i don't know but that smokestack in such a desolate landscape provides intrigue as well and its enormity provides intrigue um, that sort of effect happens in a similar way here nothing around these two subjects made up of two groups. It's a, it's a dynamic photo. You start to see this rather simple photo that you may say, oh, that's nice, or you might just scroll past it, completely uninterested in it, has a lot of thought behind it. Uh, it looks like he has a rather playful approach to these types of photos. It looks like he hovers around a little bit and tries to find how he can align things, and that playful approach can get you places that you can't get with other approaches, perhaps. In another photo, we have a house sitting in a green pasture, ocean in the background. This house is abandoned, dilapidated, broken down, lots of imperfection. The roof has caved in. So we have, because of that, we have these beautiful accentuated triangular shapes that are made of the top half of the roof that would normally or the wall that hold that would normally hold up the roof. And then we have a chimney in the middle shooting up we have a clever angle in the house we're looking at it from uh, the we're looking at the corner of the house so the walls are shooting out of that corner makes it more interesting than if we were looking at this, the house from a profile view I think So we have accentuated geometry here really strong defined shapes that our eyes like and our minds like we have perfect, Separation between the chimney and the triangular shapes of the top part of the house, I think is quite nice. And also, the chimney is centered. It's centered in the house, but it's also centered in the frame. It acts as a balancing uh, element. There is some interesting color blocking happening too, where most of the house is this white color with some black splotches around, but predominantly white. And then you have other sections of the house that are split up into blocks of brown and black. It feels very defined in a pleasing way. We have a nice juxtaposition between the house and the landscape. Uh, The landscape feeling very pristine and open and calm and joyful. And then the house feeling very dilapidated and uh, has a lot of stories has has very dramatic, very stark angles, this sort of thing. It's a remarkable photo of a unique scene. In the next one, we have a desert scene with some large sand dunes being swept by wind, sand flying off the top of them and across them, s- dust far in the distance. We're looking into the sun. Uh, there's a dramatic atmosphere, which provides intrigue. And this is something that you can do when perhaps you don't have a person to, sh- to take photos of. Like a lot of times when you take a photo of a sand dune, what you could do is you could put a person in the frame. That human element provides more intrigue. In this case, it's the dramatic atmosphere. It's the, it's the intense quality of the overall scene, the weather, the the wind flying around, or maybe there's You know, if you had a tornado in the distance or some a rocket ship shooting out of the sand, you know all sorts of ways to. But in this case, the the wind itself, the overall feel of the scene, the dreamlike quality that is partially brought on by shooting directly into the sun, that uh, is a way to create aesthetic intrigue. We have creatively subversive framing where the sand dune's not in the middle of the frame, as a lot of people might do if they were shooting this scene. It's on the right third. We also have the sun all the way on the right. It's a confident, bold framing that a lot of people would struggle with, perhaps. Uh, the sun, you know, we're, like I said, we're shooting into it. It provides this sh- dreamlike feel. It has this explosive light quality to it, which I enjoy. And the way it hits the sand, the way it comes through the sand from behind provides a a quality that you maybe wouldn't get shooting the other way around. It's an energetic and invigorating photo. Now, in the next photo, we have similarities to the last one but also differences. We have a sand dune. The top of the sand dune makes a horizontal line that goes across the frame from left to right. The sand dune fills up the bottom two-thirds of the frame. The sky fills up the top third of the frame, roughly. Um, eh, Almost perfectly. (laughs) A little bit roughly. Almost perfectly, but a little bit roughly. But almost perfectly. Now, you see here, like I said, he likes to shoot waves. You'll see a lot more wave photos, by the way. He likes to shoot waves. He's treating this sand dune a bit like a wave, which I find interesting. The... The horizontal line of the top of the dune has a calming effect. Horizontal lines tend to do this in, in photos. They feel balanced. They feel secure. They feel confident. There's a beautiful contrast between the sky and the dune here. Uh, we have a dramatic atmosphere, once again, spicing things up, but not, not in the same way that it did in the last one. You see the differences in how it changes the feel of the photo but this one feels rather flawless. Uh, he has a very dynamic eye for shooting a particular scene from a lot of different standpoints. And who knows, this may maybe a different desert, but uh, in a different day. But you see how he's able to, across space and time, shoot sand dunes from a lot of different perspectives and play around. And you can always do that when you're out shooting. You can always find a new angle. It's completely, it feels similar, but completely different than the last photo I showed you. In the next one, we have the Golden Gate Bridge. It is a night scene. The brightest points in the scene are the lights lighting up the towers of the bridge, the red towers that are so famous, that make the Golden Gate Bridge so famous. I think we should change it to the Red Gate Bridge because this inconsistency makes my head hurt, but oh well. Uh, there's a glorious play between blue and red here. What I mean is the red on the uh, bridge is contrasted against the overall blue quality of the scene. It's, it's very dark. But the sky has a blue tone to it. It's not jet black. It's not just stars in the sky. He has shot it in a way to where we experience the an overall blue feel. And this is a really pleasing, really f- glorious, flawless feeling contrast between the two. One thing I, I notice here is that, I've, I think I mentioned it earlier in this video, forgive me, uh, he likes to tilt down in his compositions. In this case, he tilted down a little more than I think a lot of people would. It's a, it's a pinch of salt in his work that I like a lot. The edges are quite beautiful, and specifically the right edge, if you look very closely, there are these smaller towers that, where the bridge starts. And when I say smaller, I mean like very. I mean like, you know, like a I don't know three stories tall at the most. These little things that the the stay cables connect to, and that tower is separated from the edge of the frame and j- just a little bit. And it's quite pleasing how it's done. Uh, so its edges are quite flawless, which I enjoy. There is a beautiful hierarchy here. There is uh, detail in the shadows, but they are not competing with the subject. The subject is quite bright, and the subject being the bridge itself, the two towers of the bridge. It feels organized. And another thing I noticed is I actually went and I was curious how well the two towers lined up with the overlay of the rule of thirds for, for the guideline. And I went into Darkroom, app for your iPhone, I brought this photo in and just tried to line it up and see what happened. And it's basically perfect. So this is, you may not have noticed this if you were just scrolling through Instagram and you came across this photo. You may not have noticed because of the way the photo is constructed, the tower is much further away than the other one, that... They both land on the thirds, but that is part of what makes this photo so subconsciously pleasing to us. It works without you even noticing it a lot of times. That is how art goes. In the next photo, we have a detail shot, very close up shot of a gentle splash of water. I have no idea how one would actually create this photo which tends to make things more interesting for me. This is just a little spritz. It's like, I have no idea, like what do you do? You take your pinky and just poop pop the water? I don't know. Uh, maybe it was a, a water droplet hitting the water and splashing up, but it's it's very diffused. It's just little, it almost looks like dust elements coming off the water. It's beautiful. We have a lovely deep blue and black color palette happening. It takes a different brain to take a photo like this. You have to think more molecularly than you would if you're taking a photo of a surfer, for example. Uh, the, the water layer is also on the, the bottom of the frame in a way that allows room for the splash to fill up the rest of the frame. If it was higher up, so say he put it closer to the middle that splash would become less interesting. There would be less there. There'd be less context. It would be less pleasing. Uh, And I'm saying this because I want us to think molecularly about our compositions. Sometimes it's very good to do that. So, uh, an interesting question to ask with this photo is what is the subject? Because it's, Photos kind of of everything and nothing at the same time. And this is something that I don't tend to enjoy in photography, particularly with street photos where you you often work with cluttered scenes. A lot of street photographers take photos of everything and nothing in a bad way. I can tell what they were probably going after, but it didn't quite translate. This is an everything and nothing photo, but it works. So why? Well, I think the subject of this photo is the beauty of the water itself. I think the subject of the photo is a feeling. The subject is a a quality. Uh, It's a reality that resonates with the human experience in some way. So if you're trying to make an everything and nothing photo work, have a subject that's not visually defined as a person would be, for example, you have to know what the photo is about. You have to think about the emotional hierarchy of the photo just as much as the technical hierarchy of the photo. In the next one, and we're getting into some water photos now. We have we're, we're going this is the part where we go deep into his coastline/slash wave photography and we explore the many different personality traits of water. We have a wave crashing onto us. We're sitting low, below the wave, shooting into the sun. Once, once again, very dreamy effect caused by this. The wave is about to hit us in the face and it has this aggressive, aggressive personal action quality to it. When I say personal action, I mean that we, the person are about to get hit by the action and it's aggressive, aggressive. Uh, the, his technical ability to frame this action well, I think is is quite wonderful. Just trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this photo before I moved on. Let me, the wave. In. Oh yeah, one thing, one thing is that the sun, shooting into the sun in this way, the wave looks like it's illuminated behind, from behind kind of like a stained glass window, which I think is, is incredibly interesting, but it's just a very action packed photo. And, it's a good idea to really be thoughtful about how you can make your photos more action-packed if you want that. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not trivial. In this case, he got in the water, he got below the wave, and he let a wave hit him in the face. And that may be what you have to do as well. <laughs> in the next one, we have what feels like a continuation of the previous photo. We have a wave hitting us in the face. It's, it's, we're very close with the water. The water fills the frame. It's beautiful abstract splash and it feels like it literally hits you in the face there's tremendous amount of action here if we go to the next one we're shooting uh, away from the side profile view we it's curling and we only see one part of the wave we don't see any extra fat it's very lean it's the curl of the wave that we're taking a photo of we have these warm reddish shadows contrasted against the overall blue tone. I really love how tight he shot here. i uh, be interested to know what his focal length was, but it provides some tremendous energy to the shot. Uh, once again, a semi-abstract quality. It's blurred. It's quite blurred, unlike the two photos back. That one was very clear and stark. This one is... The action is provided by the fact that there uh, is—he drugged the shutter. There's a motion blur, and motion blur. I've learned, and I'm learning more and more, is one of our most powerful tools as photographers. Photographers, if you have not explored motion blur a lot yet, it's a good idea to do that. But once again, this demonstrates his technical ability. In the next one, we have an even more abstract photo, and what I mean by abstract in this sense is if you did not know he was taking a photo of a wave because he likes to take photos of waves you might not know exactly what's going on here but we're looking at a wave from above the wave is very blurred there's just enough clarity for context it's a rather impressive angle we're up above shooting down onto the wave from a diagonal angle and the the line of the wave starts from the top Left-hand side and goes down to the bottom right-hand side in the corners, and a diagonal angle adds a lot more energy to the photo than a horizontal angle. I mentioned a second ago that horizontal lines provide a calming feel a lot of times. Well, if you if you take that horizontal line and turn it to where it's diagonal, it touches either side of the frame. You're going to add a lot more energy to the photo just by doing that. Uh, I'm impressed by how he pulled this off. I don't really know how he got up high enough above the wave in this way to make it work. Maybe it was a small wave and he was standing up, but very clever, nonetheless. It, um, and he, he has a, an impressive, he demonstrates an impressive diversity of ways to capture a subject, in this case, being waves. In the next one, we have one that's quite similar to the first one on this list of wave photos where he's looking up into the wave. It's coming at us. It's about to hit us. But this one feels, in some ways, entirely different than the other one. This one feels less aggressive and um, high action. The last one felt almost a little bit fun, like, oh, yay, splash. This one feels daunting and One of the reasons why it feels so daunting is because it is dark. It's a rather dark photo. The bottom half of the wave is completely dark. We have just enough light on the dark part of the wave to see the grooves of the water. But this makes it much more scary, daunting, intimidating. Uh, Once again, we have a diagonal line. Not so aggressive as the previous one, but diagonal nonetheless, and it makes it feel more intense, less calming than a horizontal line. Um, it makes the photo feel a little more unstable, right? And when you're in the ocean, you're going to feel unstable. But um, it also feels quite, uh, quite, you know, aggressive. Feels like you're going to die. In the next one, we have, <laughs> we have. Hmm, it's abstract, but it's also very clear at the same time. We are perhaps underwater or perhaps above water. It's hard to tell. But water and foam engulfs the frame. And it makes you feel like you're potentially drowning. There's interesting organic shapes occurring, so from a, you know, from a compositional standpoint, but overall the feeling of the photo is intense and uh, beautiful or terrifying. It can be either one. Or terrifyingly beautiful, perhaps. The photo. One of the things that makes this photo feel so terrifyingly beautiful is it's a little bit ambiguous. You can't quite tell what's up and what's down or if we're under or above. There's no balance in this photo. In photography, balance calms us just like the horizontal line does. There's no balance. There's there's nothing to orient ourselves. It's just a it's just water. It's just water and sea foam. Potential death. There's no stabilizing features here. He he has so many distinct ways of capturing water. I, I, I as I was collecting these photos, I was just so impressed by that, and hopefully you guys are getting that same feeling. And we're gonna we're going on. There's more. Um, there's another one where. It was taken at night. We are above the water this time from you know, potentially quite a distance away or maybe he's standing up and it's a smaller wave and it looks bigger. But once again, we have this interesting angle looking down on the water where it feels like he could be in a helicopter. Uh, maybe he can fly. Maybe he's using a drone. Who knows? But it, it really makes things more exciting the way that he does this as opposed to having an angle that feels a bit more traditional the water in this case the water in the foam engulfs the frame once again but in a different way uh like i said we're above the water we have more context of what's going on we don't feel like we're dying in this water we feel like we're observing the power of it and this photo is more about raw power and this raw power is, for one, expressed by the, the foam and the intensity of the, the rolling water, but it's also expressed by the darkness. It's got that same daunting quality as the last one. <clears throat> so you see more and more how he explores the different characteristics of water. Now this next one is, we have, we have a wave that has just begun to pick up It looks like it's going to be a rather big wave. It's that part where you're in the ocean and the wave is kicking up and you don't quite know how big it's gonna get, right? To me, well, I'll I'll explain the photo a little further. It's dark, once again, a lot of motion blur to the point that the clouds in the background are motion blurred a little bit, I believe. Maybe just out of focus. They look like they're, they're actually blurred by dragging the shutter. This is a very emotional photo to me, and I love that. Once again, we have this daunting darkness. Uh, The dark water occupies the majority of the frame here, with the bottom half being just this this dark um, silk, silky, uh, these silky streaks of water. So we feel this raw power. We feel a pulling sensation that one would feel if they were standing right here, or floating right here in the water. It's not plowing like a lot of these other photos are where the like the previous, the, the one right before this, the water was, was plowing in a sense that it would destroy everything in its path. In this case, we're being pulled into the wave. In the next one, we have a very different photo. We're capturing a very different personality trait of water. This one feels much more personal with the water. We're closer where it's a detail shot of a single um, little roll of water where it's not calm, it's moving around, but um, it's, there's not a wave. It's just a little part of the water, which is not really, there's no strong established subject other than the water. It's a little bit like the photo before with the spraying water, but also different. And the reason why I say it's personal is because we're so close to the water. It's, it's like we're, it's like if you were to be in this situation, you would be looking at the water very closely and just watching how it moves, what makes water what it is. Um, the dark and neutral tones here, it's very, very dark, uh, just as dark as the previous photo. Very blue. But these dark and neutral tones say something here about the water, represents the truth about water. It's that it's beautiful and it's lovely and it's nourishing but it's also cold and formidable (laughs) and it's something to be respected and he captured all of that in this photo and I think that's fascinating. In the next one we have a photo of a surfer once again from far away that looks like it was taken perhaps from the shoreline this time uh, quite a bit of motion blur. He's on the bottom ha- uh, bottom corner of the frame, gliding into the wave. He is. He looks like he's confidently taming the wave. I love his expression. He's leaning back. He's leaning into it as he goes. A lot of the frame is filled up by the ocean in the background with no waves. So we just have this single wave. It's a more calming composition than what we've been looking at. And one of the reasons is because we have these horizontal lines, or we have the, the horizon being a horizontal line, and then the wave itself being a horizontal line, but a bit more organic as a wave is, and uh, and we're okay with that. We like organic. It feels a little more human. It feels a little more uh, not not imperfect. I would say in this sense because waves aren't re- waves are kind of perfect in a way, right? Uh, this is me exploring my thoughts trying to figure out how I want to put this it's it feels uh, it feels natural it's pleasing because it's organic and natural but it's not imperfect in the same way that taking a photo of hands in a workshop with like blisters on them are imperfect hmm um, but yes the the horizontal line of the horizon on the top is perfectly straight. And we have this powerful sense of balance in this photo, which I love. But yeah, rousing motion blur, beautiful expression, lovely photo. In the next one we have a photo of a person sitting calmly on the water, much like the first photo that I showed you in this collection. But it's much different in a lot of ways. This photo is out of focus. You can only tell it's a person because he's a, a black silhouette un, black silhouetted undefined kind of shape but just defined enough that you can see the head and tell it's a person. It's a very abstract photo. We have some beautiful um, bokeh circles on the left-hand side. This photo is about is about an emotional quality to me. It's about a deep sensation. It's about a nostalgic headspace. It's about, it's a foothold for our imagination. And on the bottom half of the frame, the, almost half of the frame is filled up with this blackness. Almost like he has stuck the camera underwater and underwater is in fact oil. <laughs> it's like just jet black. And the amount of black in the frame gives a certain seriousness to things. I think changes this photo quite a bit. Now this type of art is like a profound song because it leans more into an emotional quality than a a clear defined idea. It is something that we can't quite grasp. It's something that perhaps the artist who created the photo in this case can't quite grasp, but they're saying something, right? Now in the next one, we have well, it looks like some sort of Mad Max uh, or Waterworld, if you've ever seen that movie, type of scene. Very dark blue tones, almost nighttime, still a little bit of light, or maybe early, early morning, perhaps. We have a we have a shot of the ocean with mysterious dark structure in the middle, and it's in the center of the frame. And this mysterious dark structure, it looks like it's made of wood, and and it's kind of uh straggly looking and lots of lots of stark in angles and it doesn't feel like a pleasing place to be perhaps and this could just be because it's so dark and we can't see any detail on the structure because this could be like some sort of vacation house right but in this case it's very mysterious it's a it's a point of tension against the recognized elements in the frame It's not abstract, it's not like out of focus, it's not motion blurred, it's very clear but still mysterious because it's so dark and it's in such a dark scene. But it's also because you can tell that this is made by humans, it's a a point of humanity surrounded by the vastness of the ocean. Uh, Photos like these become uh, like a three second adventure in my mind when I look at them. I, I start to use my imagination it's very subconscious, not like I'm like, let me, uh, maybe, maybe there are pirates there. Like, it's not like that. It's, it's more like this quick that I experience because of the mystery, because of, uh, because of the fact that that it's like, what's that doing? It's very bizarre, right? In the next photo, we have a not so mysterious structure. We have a pier shooting out from the left hand side into the center of the frame. the The main structure of the pier, a little circular-looking building, or maybe rectangular, is perfectly in the center. We see all of the details. We can tell that this is not a place that's going to kill us with fire. It is a place that we could probably go and fish, right? Um, But there's a strong hierarchy in this photo, which I love. The subject is centered. We have a leading line of the the pier coming off from the left-hand side and going out to where it connects to the the building and perhaps it's a little bit calming because the leading line finds its endpoint in the center, right? It's 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 like, oh that feels nice. There is a, like a ridge of mountains in the far background that shoots out from the left hand side as well. Everything in this photo seems to come from the left. It's a pattern that our minds catch on to and so it's weighted from the left, or it's anchored from the left. Now, I'm going to digitally, with the power of editing, I'm going to flip this photo and show you what it lo- would look like if everything was coming to the right. And you see that the left has a more settling feel than the right. The, the right has more exciting quality to it, but the left, more settling, more calm, more pleasing, hmm. Interesting, right? So, uh, another thing that's interesting about this photo is that these three wooden pegs that are on the beach in the foreground, perfectly spaced apart, more intrigue for our, our minds to eat and enjoy like a lovely avocado. Mm. Now, uh, we have another photo of a beach scene. We have a plethora of palm trees sitting um, on the ground as palm trees do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, on my brain gets a little fried by the end of these things. We have the beach filling up the the bottom of the frame, not up to the bottom third, a little lower, but looks looks uh, it's a quite nice positioning of things. Nothing on the beach, and then begins the palm trees, and it's a plethora. They're not really organized; they're kind of all over the place. And if the subject of this photo, which is an umbrella, like a beautiful umbrella made of like palm branches or some, something found nearby, uh, to make up this umbrella and the chairs below it were not there. It would create a hierarchy problem. It would just be a mess of palm trees. Even though it's a beautiful scene. if you were there, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want to stay here forever. Especially if you live in Salt Lake city where the winters are long and cold, uh, particularly right now it's still cold and it is no longer winter and i'm i'm furious about that so i want to go to a place like this and i want to enjoy this scene from the from my home while i can't be there and one of the things that makes that happen in this case is because there's an established hierarchy and that hierarchy is established because of the subject the chairs and the umbrella Does that makes sense so we enjoy this, this balance, it being perfectly in the center, it being there, it being a point of humanity, right? Uh, it's a defined subject and the, if there was no subject here, it would upset the hierarchy. It would make things confusing. It would, it it would just be a photo of nothing, everything and nothing. We can happily digest this photo because of the subject. Do you get it? It's because the subject and the hierarchy. In the next photo, we have uh, another beach scene. This one's quite interesting to me. We're standing underneath a pier, perhaps the same pier as in the previous photo. And this one feels a bit more organic. We have some rays of sunlight coming through the poles that hold up the pier, the support beams, creating these defined points of light, streaks of light in between define shadow streaks. We are at eye level, which makes this photo feel more relatable. We are looking out into the sun, which once again provides this this dreamlike feeling. What makes this photo organized? Because it is kind of, it's not so clearly organized, I think, this one. What makes it organized is these three primary streaks of light that are coming from the separation between the poles. We have other streaks of light in the frame, but these, these three are the most prominent, so our mind grabs onto that. There's one in the center that leads our eye to the brightest point in the frame, which is the sun. Now, one thing that's interesting is When our eye travels up that leading line to the sun, all it finds is the sun and like a relatively boring part of the ocean. So the composition actually leads us to nothing. But we understand that the scene is the subject. And once again, the hierarchy allows us to take in the overall complexity of the scene because it is properly organized. The organization must come first. Now, this last photo I want to take a look at today is glorious and creative. We are we we feel like we're riding a wave as it curls. We are tucked into the inside of it. It is in the middle of breaking. We we feel like we're anchored. It, we have a stimulating play of geometry and shape happening here. The so the, where we're at is quite dark, and as we look towards the horizon, we see brighter water, we see a tree line, and we see the shoreline, and then we see the wave just separated from the top of that tree line, which I'll get to more in a second. But the lines guide our eye up and down the frame, in this case, these diagonal lines, uh, one being the shoreline. And once again, the diagonal lines create a lot of energy. If this was not at this crazy, insane Dutch angle, the photo would feel quite different, but the immediate nearness between the wave and the top of the tree line is so pleasing to me. It's so fantastic and it provides so much energy and technically it's, freaking impeccable that you pulled this off the way that he did. Um, and the, the overall scene has a dynamic yin and yang kind of balance to it, which I love. If you are listening to this on the audio version, I'm actually having a lot of trouble explaining exactly what you're looking at here. So I'd encourage you to check out the video version. It's glorious. Um, the edges are f- just unbelievable. At the top right corner, we have the tree line just connecting perfectly to the corner, and on the bottom right, we have um, this nice, I'm sorry, the bottom, no, no, I'm sorry, the top, dear God, the top left corner, we have the, um, the tree line connecting to the top of the frame, and then on the bottom left corner, we have the wave just connecting to the bottom of the frame. My apologies. If he did not crop this photo, I would punch him in the face because he's so good. Okay, finally, before my camera dies, uh, in conclusion, when we look at John Way's photography, we see a pairing of technical ability and emotional expression. Uh, His ability to do this is something that sets him apart from a lot of photographers. His photos are an expression of his mind, and I love this about photography. I love when you can really feel it in a particular photographer's work as well. It's what his mind does put into a photo. It's something that he found intriguing about the world around him. It's very similar to a painter. Now the interesting thing about a painter is a painter can create something from nothing. You can paint any, you can paint any dream you've ever had, right? And I really envy painters because of this. I can't go and take a photo of a dream that I have that I want to remember. A painter can, if they're skilled enough, can, can make that happen in, in very close realism to what they experience. Uh and so the these characteristics in his work let us in on the perspective of his world. We have a lot of different angles and perspectives of the same subject, right? And that's very hard to do. That takes a lot of time and mastery to cultivate. As uh, perspectives that many people would miss, and he captures them with excellence. And his handle on motion blur is downright impressive. So I will link below to his things. I would absolutely encourage you to check him out. The photographers I tend to cover, I think, are just getting better and better. Uh, If you like this, it lets me know that you appreciated this video, and I I appreciate that. If you can rate and review if you're on um, any of the podcasting places as well, subscribe. I would appreciate that as well. That would make you very neat. And recommend people to me, photographers that you enjoy that you would like for me to talk about that I can go in detail about. Hope you have a lovely day. Goodbye.